0: 30 days filled with kettlebell workouts for free. Check the first link in the description. I was fortunate enough to have a conversation with Dr. Michael Yeses. Dr. Michael Yeses is a teacher, sports performance trainer, biomechanist, and author. He has done work translating, adapting, and implementing sports training methodology from the former Soviet Union, including work by Dr. Yuri Verkhoshansky. Yeses has worked extensively with professional and amateur athletes, including Evander Holyfield, and others in over 50 years of active work. Muscle and Fitness Magazine referred to Yeses as a legendary biomechanist. Dr. Yeses explicitly asked me to include his contact information in the description. If you're watching it on YouTube, you'll find it down below in the description. If you're watching it on Spotify, there's also a description box where you can contact Dr. Michael Yeses right away. Can you give me a clear definition of plyometrics? What does this really mean? mean?
1: All right. The, the, the term is kind of, well, I won't say misleading, but uh, it came up in a discussion where, oh, I don't remember. I think it was Fred Wilt. This was mm-hmm. back many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, while well, it was plio because uh, it was the Greek derivation, then I don't remember all the details. I won't even try explaining it. But uh, that, that's where it came from and uh, don't ask me exactly what it means <laughs> <laughs> or to define it okay. because I don't know.
0: Okay, that's interesting because normally when we hear plyometrics we think about explosive exercises like jumps and whatever have you. But you're saying uh, we cannot really define it. Am I, am I right? right? But, but why, why is that? Why is everybody tossing around this term and using jumping exercises?
1: It uh, just came uh, into vogue and Uh, everybody started using it and, and and it's stuck. uh Uh-huh. So, uh, but I can't give you uh, any kind of a real explanation.
0: Wow. So we we can say it's like a misnomer or something that just came into existence. Wow. Yeah. Wow that's interesting (laughs) coming from from you know from a legendary biomechanics uh, biomechanist who who studied this stuff is saying hey i I don't really know what it means (laughs) that's fascinating so um my my next question is and that's on your wikipedia page it says um you're emphasizing technique analysis and movement pattern training in conjunction with strength building, based on the specific physical requirements of each sport. So what does this mean in in detail? Or or let me rephrase the question. Does a tennis player have to train differently in the weight room than a football player, for example?
1: Yes, Uh, and I shouldn't use the term differently. they have to use different exercises exercises have to be done differently. Uh, but the basics of the training of strength training are still the same. Mm-hmm. So we're doing strength training, but is geared to specific movements or specific mm-hmm. kinds of movements.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, like a tennis player, uh, you know, he executes a lot of, let's say forehands, backhands. Well, we have to duplicate that pattern, uh, firstly, meaning back up. There are two kinds of strength, at least the way I define it. Mm-hmm. There's general strength and there's specific strength. General strength is what I typically call conditioning. Uh-huh. Everyone yeah. has to do yeah. exercise, let's say like a biceps curl. All right, we all do the biceps. Mm -hmm. Is it good for any particular sport? Maybe, maybe not. See, it's it's a general exercise. Mm -hmm. We're getting in shape. Mm -hmm. Now, once we're in shape, now let's do an exercise that duplicates exactly what occurs in that sport. Mm -hmm. Now it becomes a specialized exercise. Mm -hmm. And these are the most important for athletic improvement. See, general training is good for getting the body in shape, but it does not make you a better player. Mm-hmm. But when you do exercises that duplicate exactly what occurs, then you are improving in your sport.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You're improving your the ability to execute the specific movements that are involved in that sport. Mm, mm. so uh, based on based on
0: that uh, statement let me ask another question Um, let's just take a a hypothetical example of um, let's just take a a football player okay so uh, we have that football player my idea is when he's in the weight room we want to work on his general strength as you define it and let's just say deadlifts press squat or whatever have you But when he's on the field with his sports specific coach, that's when he does the specific strength. Is that right or am I wrong?
1: That's when he must exhibit specific strength. Uh, uh, Try and think of it. Uh, See, if it's general, it does not improve your sports performance. Mm-hmm. This is how I like to think of it. <clears throat> I'm getting stronger, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting better in execution of my sports movements. Mm-hmm. See, I'm strong now. I'm very strong, but that doesn't does not mean I'm a better player. Mm-hmm. To be become a better player, we must execute exercises that duplicate exactly what the athlete does in execution of his skills in that sport. And you are still and and when you say uh, we have to duplicate these
0: exercises you also refer to the weight room for example mm-hmm. wow so so that's interesting because i hear or you know as it is in the fitness industry and sports industry everybody has different opinions and that's where uh, some people also probably disagree with Yuri ver and his work is because they say it sounds so complicated okay so now the cyclist has to do X amount of reps and sets of a very strange exercise and this will make him better and, and, and that's when people are starting to question it and, and say no, the, the guy just has to do deadlifts and then he gets better on his bicycle when he just rides the bicycle. But you're saying no, when the guy goes into the weight room he or she has to do sport specific
1: exercises with weights. See, it's really, it's really two kinds of strength we got to keep in mind. There's general strength where I just become stronger, but it does not mean I'm a better athlete. Hmm. See, like for example, uh, I can do biceps and and triceps exercises. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now I'm stronger, but I don't use my arm in my execution of my sport. Mm -hmm. See, so even though I'm stronger. It does not mean I am better in execution of my sports skills.
0: So, so could you share an example of, let's say, a football player or tennis player with a sport specific exercise in the weight room? What kind of
1: exercise would that be, for example? Uh, Okay, a football player, we have to distinguish uh, what position are we talking about? Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's say a quarterback.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. He has to be able to throw. Yeah. So throwing requires medial, lateral medial and lateral rotation in a shoulder joint. Mm-hmm. Okay? So now we do an exercise like the uh, a T bench. Uh, well what I call a T bench, medial and lateral rotation, where you're on a bench and you're doing exercises, you know, like this. That's your medial, medial and lateral rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I worry. So I can do that exercise, but um, I'm trying to think of another sport. I'm going to say like tennis. That's not that's not going to help you forehand or backhand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It will help you serve though. <laughs> so mm-hmm. That's why I don't want to say it, it's not good for tennis. Uh, see, we have to take a look at the movements that are involved. Uh, So, you know, I can do exercises for the shoulder, you know, abduction, abduction, and so on. They're good. They make me stronger, but I'm not a better athlete. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But when I make that movement specific to what I do in my sport, then I become a better athlete. Hmm.
0: And is everybody in in the world of, of sports performance on the same page? Do they all say yes? that's how we do it or do you get the same different opinions in in that well,
1: landscape I, let's say there are many opinions yeah. mm-hmm. and i don't know if uh, uh see the the field is uh, i hate to be derogatory here uh there are many coaches that do exercises and they all say oh we're going to make you we're going to make you a better athlete Mm -hmm. but they don't know what they're talking about. And see, that's why I hate to put somebody down here, Mm -hmm. but we don't have a clear understanding or even definition of what different exercises can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the specificity, Uh, I've I've had coaches where I say, well, that exercise is not specific. Oh, sure it is. It's specific to football. Well, see, this has no meaning to me. A movement can only be specific to execution of a particular skill, not to a sport. It doesn't matter what the sport is. Mm -hmm. What are you doing in that sport? Mm. See, if we take a look at football, well, is it exercises to make a better athlete, a better, better quarterback, a better lineman, a better receiver? See, what are we looking for? We have to be specific in terms of what we're doing the exercise for Mm -hmm. and what movement is going to improve not what sport is going to improve Hmm. i don't know if that makes sense yeah it it it, and
0: that's that's where i'm I'm coming from it it makes sense to a certain degree i do understand it to a certain degree but i have a limited understanding so my my it, it becomes a little bit complicated and and let's just uh pivot a little bit to uh, Dr. Yuri Verkoshansky's work. I read two of his books. And after reading one of it, I was totally confused. And is this a normal reaction? <laughs> just because it's, it, and let me just uh, frame this question. I think, okay, somebody comes to me and you know, I'm, I'm not sports specific. We, we train the general population, but let's just assume somebody comes in and then they say, hey, I want to become a better runner. And we ha- we've we had this experience. Uh, they started swinging kettlebells. They started pressing. They started deadlifting. Then they come back and they say, hey, wow, my running is now better. So then I think, okay, well, weights, the stuff that you do with the weights has to be easy and understandable. And the rest you do on the field, running and sports-specific stuff. But after reading Dr. Yuri Verchorshansky's book and now listening to you, it looks like I'm on the wrong path so that's why i'm a little bit
1: confused well you're not on the wrong path uh see in your training you probably did some exercises that duplicated what you do in running Hmm. so you became better without even knowing uh, that you were doing exercises for running see but typically there are three exercises that will improve running performance Mm -hmm we have to take a look at uh, where does the power come from? Mm -hmm. Uh, If we want to improve a sport, we have to improve power power production. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And in running, there are three key exercises. And maybe I shouldn't limit it to exercises, but there are three key movements Mm -hmm. that we have to improve. One is the ability to drive the thigh forward. Another is the ability to drive the thigh backward. And the third is ankle extension. See, now you have to understand running in order to understand how these exercises are going to improve uh, your performance. See, in running, uh, let's say when your foot is in contact with the ground, Mm -hmm. uh, you find the runner driving the thigh forward to reach out like when you're taking your stride. This is where the uh, ability to drive the thigh forward comes from. So we have to improve that one. But then we also drive the thigh backward to make contact with the ground. We have to improve that ability to drive the thigh backward. That's typically called pullback. Then for the push-off, We also have to improve ankle extension. Those are the three key movements. You do those and you're going to be a better runner or a faster runner.
0: I think what you're doing right now is you are differentiating between an exercise, let's say like a deadlift or a movement. You're you're now saying, listen, you have to become better at this specific movement, like you're saying, driving the thigh forward and mm-hmm. do an exercise that in- increases your uh, capabilities of your thigh forward or the power production right right and that ah so now i i see this it's a different perspective it's not hey what exercise makes me better but hey what movements do we have to train in order to become better at the sport you got it ah, so is that that's a different perspective okay that's interesting so um what I sometimes see uh, or and before not before I jump into this question, let's stay on this topic. Am I right that sport specific training is a complex matter?
1: Definitely. Hmm. And and. It's really. Yeah, yeah. Yep, <laughs> keep going. I hate to play like the devil's advocate. Uh, it's simple when you know what's involved in the sport. Once you understand technique or what I call technique. See, most people don't understand the sport. They try putting an exercise to the sport without knowing what it's going to improve. Mm -hmm. See, like you mentioned a deadlift several times. Mm -hmm. Is a deadlift going to improve my running? Offhand, I'd say no, but it might, because in a deadlift, you're doing hip joint Uh, Extension and flexion,
0: yeah. Extension and flexion in the hip joint. This
1: is the extension part. Mm -hmm. so the extension occurs in running in the pullback. back. So it might improve your pullback. back. There's no guarantee because you're not using it the same way as you're doing running. So in a deadlift, you're vertical. Uh, Well, as you are in running. but the movement of the thigh is from the front of the body to the ground. In the deadlift, uh, the movement is, you know, from a bent over position uh-huh. to the vertical. So, yeah, exactly. These, so they're different, but yet the action is the same. You're doing the same joint action, but not the same movement.
0: Okay, so. Uh, wow. So let let let's uh, stick to this matter. We have the same joint action. Let let's stick with this uh, deadlift uh, uh, exercise mm-hmm. because this I really try to wrap my head around this. So we have the same movement, or we have hip extension. So it is involved in running. So yes, you are making uh, the muscle stronger and the hip stronger in extending. But mm-hmm. since you are in a different position while running or a slightly altered position than in a deadlift, there is no guarantee that there is any carryover. Right. Wow. Hmm. And and why is that? Is that
1: biomechanics? Uh, biomechanics? Well, I don't know what field. It, it, sure, it's biomechanics. Uh, but it, it's really the definition of specificity. Hmm. where you're trying to duplicate the same joint action or the same movement. This is what will improve your sports performance. Hmm. But simply doing the exercise may or may not improve your sports performance. Mm -hmm. See, the deadlift is a highly talented exercise. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think it's as good as everybody makes it out to be. Hmm. By doing the deadlift does not mean you're going to become a better runner. Mm. In many cases, it's just the opposite. <laughs> really? Because you have to take a look at what else you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you do the deadlift by itself and no other exercises, then it could overbalance uh, that one particular movement that could disrupt everything else.
0: Uh-huh. So, so it GP. might be that we become... We become stronger in one area, and the the, the other area then gets neglected and right. this, and this in turn will diminish our power production in running, for example
1: yeah hmm.
0: okay. and and why are people and why does that, yeah and maybe that's that's a that's probably a futile question, but why are people then still touting? that the deadlift works if you can give a clear explanation like you have right now hey from a biomechanics perspective we're probably creating a disbalance or an imbalance but still we hear yeah but everybody's supposed to do the deadlift Uh,
1: that's a good question Hmm. i think the answer lies in people who have their favorite exercises Hmm. And they think, well, this exercise, because it involves this action, will improve your sports performance. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee here, but they do it in. The, not in, a, in. It doesn't have to be erroneous, but there's no substantiation that that movement will improve your performance. Uh, we have to. Yeah. See, most of the training that is being done in the field is general, mm-hmm. not specific. Mm-hmm. See, this, the specificity of movements has not permeated the field. People may talk about it, but they're not, they're not uh, doing it.
0: And, and, wh- and why is that? Why are they not doing it?
1: They don't understand.
0: Yeah, I I feel with them. I don't understand it neither.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. I I should explain a little bit more. They don't understand the movements involved. Mm. See, now, I mentioned there are three major actions that occur in running. Do most people understand this? No. Mm -hmm. Even though it's very simple. Only three movements. Or three actions that occur. But the integration of these actions and how they blend into one another, what range of motion is that hip extension taking place over? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, these are the things that determine whether it's going to improve your performance or not. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, See, mm-hmm. uh, and in terms of let's say the uh, deadlift and running. The hip extension occurs from when your thigh is in front of the body mm-hmm. to when your thigh hits—I mean, the, your foot hits the ground when you bring the leg back. So even the act, even the ability of the body or of the person to bring the leg back uh, fails many athletes or coaches. They don't understand that you're really driving the leg backward. They think everything is forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, yeah you you, you need a good understanding of the biomechanics Uh, that's that's that was the next question that i wanted to ask you probably
0: need if 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 you want to be a good sport specific coach you need to have the guy who understands the exercises and the guy who understands the biomechanics and the movements involved and then you they have to combine it right
1: Hmm. now that's more simply said than done Yeah, most definitely, yeah. Yeah, Mm. see, I found in my experience, there are very few coaches that understand the biomechanics. Mm -hmm. They know the movements, or rather they know the exercises, but not how the exercise applies to the sport itself, or the execution of the movements involved in that sport. Mm. So we only have
0: one part of the picture the is yes, but the other side on how to apply the exercise to make the movement better, better. Uh, we're lacking this. We, we don't see this, right? So, um, wow, I, I, I have to ask this, um, you are probably familiar with uh, Occam's razor. Okay, no. uh, Occam's razor states that one should not increase beyond reason the number of entities required to explain anything all things being equal the simplest solution is often the best one so is this true when it comes to sport specific training because it, uh, from my understanding it, it's always the idea or, or at least it's one of the ideas that is floating around is make it easy and simple to understand yet when I listen to you, and, and you make a lot of sense, most definitely. And when I read Dr. Jurever Hoshansky's work, I see this stuff is complicated and we can't make it easy. Is this, is this right? Well,
1: you know, easy is a, hmm. is a poor uh, definition of a, of a term uh, or a movie. Once you understand it, everything is simple. The key is understanding it. And this requires knowledge. And most coaches don't have the knowledge. They have one aspect or one piece of the puzzle, but only one piece. And that's why it's difficult for them to put it all together. Hmm. So
0: it, so we don't, it's complicated because we don't have the understanding.
1: Right. But it's all very simple. See, once you understand, like to me, uh, all the movements in every sport is simple. There's nothing to it. But how many people can say this? <laughs> See, because I have the knowledge. But most people don't have the knowledge. Now, where do you gain it? That's a good question. See, we don't have... Uh, broad dissemination of this information, and even when it is disseminated, it does not mean that the receiver is understanding it, because mm-hmm. he doesn't have enough knowledge. Wow. That makes it. Crazy. You need enough knowledge to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The knowledge is the key to everything. Mm-hmm. But we we often you talk to a typical coach, he's not interested in learning anything. Just tell me what to do. Or tell me what should be done. You've probably seen this in your practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to understand why. I just want to do. I Yeah,
0: I, I, I've made this experience a couple of times where I really uh, tried talking about this stuff, which seems complicated from my perspective because I don't have the knowledge, like you're saying. And then sometimes I just get the... The dismiss it, people are just dismissive. It's like, I, I don't even want to talk about this. Yeah. And then you're like, Yeah, but are, are we now dismissing so much work done in that field? Yeah, because it's complicated. Nobody understands it.
1: Okay. So, yeah, he's right. Yeah. Hmm. That's, uh, I don't know how to change that. I've literally been fighting this most of my life and I learned well way back when a couple of decades maybe when I was reading some of the Russian material Mm -hmm. uh, they did biomechanics of a particular sport this was in track and field and they I would read the analysis and then I look at it and I read it and say now where the hell is this taking place now See, I didn't understand it. But then one day, the proverbial light, light bulb went on. Oh, now I understand what they are talking about. See? And then I was able to recognize it. But it takes some learning. And most coaches aren't willing to put in the time and effort to get this understanding so that they can better understand what's involved in their sport.
0: Hmm.
1: See, it's like uh, when I was with the Russians once at a USA, uh, USSR track meet. Uh, they wanted to learn, you know, from this one track coach, hey, how come you have such great sprinters? And he says, I don't do anything. I just let them run. Mm-hmm. See, he wasn't looking for an understanding. He, he just looked at the end result. And the Russians couldn't understand this. What do you mean, just let him run? See, and they thought he was being dishonest, that he wasn't telling them the truth. But he was. He didn't have to understand what was involved in the sport. He just had the athletes execute it. Uh, so, but as a sports scientist, you must understand what's involved. You can't be like you know a typical coach, Oh, just go out and run. That's okay for the coach, but you have to understand what you're doing in that run. Uh, you must understand how the movements are executed, how they can be improved, and so on. See, these are two different fields.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm now getting that picture as well. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because see, the typical field you know, like the coach I described, hey, let's just do it. They don't have to understand anything. Just give me the athlete. This is why recruiting is so big. They have to get the best athletes. Mm -hmm. Now I can have the best team. But if you can't recruit the best athletes, you're never going to have a good team because the coach doesn't know how to improve the talent that he already has. Mm -hmm. This is the challenge. You have X number of athletes, How can I make each one better, Mm -hmm. a better performer? Mm -hmm. And for this, you need knowledge. And most coaches, uh, this is what I tell them all the time, you don't have the money to go out and buy the best. So how can you make better the athletes that you already have? Mm -hmm. And once you get to this point where you say, I want to make them better. You're never going to have a better team. You must know how to improve a specific performances. Oh, uh-huh. And for that, it requires biomechanics.
0: So let me now just uh, play devil's advocate right here. Um, we have coach X saying, Hey, you know what? Um, I don't think this makes any difference because when you look at the best performers, they just run. Or let's use a Usain Bolt, just whatever have you. Look, this is the best guy. He doesn't do all that complicated biomechanics movement stuff, and he's still the best. So I don't think uh, a couple of these special exercises will make it work even better.
1: But they might, how do you know if you don't try Hmm. it? See, even with Hussein. What's interesting to me, uh, no one ever questioned, what does he do? What, what did he do in his training? Mm-hmm. See, we just see the end result. Mm-hmm. But what did he do all the years prior to this? What exercises was he doing? How was he doing them? We don't have this knowledge. Yet we guess at what he might have been doing. We don't. How should I put it? We don't look for explanations. We only want the end result. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me why or how I can make them better. Just give me the best. Mm-hmm. 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 And, and so do you know, think have... it's laziness on the part of the coaches, mm-hmm. or the coaches don't do this because they don't understand?
0: Yeah,
1: all they know is play it or use it. Hmm. And
0: and do you have uh, real life examples and uh, pertaining to Yuri Hoshansky and your work as well? Do you have real life examples where you had the guy or the girl coming in and then you do did these sports specific exercises, improving the the power production in the given movement, not just the exercise, but just improving the movements per se. And did you then see these huge results and wow, from like this person went from here to there because of these exercises and because of the sport specific biomechanical approach?
1: Sure. Uh, this is where, you know, I've done this all my life for the most part. And many athletes get a heck of a lot better. I've had some athletes uh, well, win championships if you want, but it took a while where you look at them and you don't necessarily have to improve all movements. Mm -hmm. Typically there's one or two specific joint actions that need improvement, that are lagging. Like for a runner, uh, the the, uh, knee drive is ultra important. See, and, and most, most athletes don't have the ability to drive the thigh forward sufficiently uh, powerful, powerfully, but once you improve that the ability to drive the thigh forward, then you're going to have a faster runner. So it could be just that one joint action. That's all you need. another one is like pull back poor back is a very misunderstood movement most coaches can't understand that you have to drive the thigh backward and the leg is moving backward when it hits the ground
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: see they they think uh, you drive the thigh forward and, and then you place it on the ground well you don't mm-hmm. the leg is actually moving backwards yes.
0: so so you and need the, hard, po- the posterior chain that is that that is working when you are on the floor and then you extend the leg. So you have
1: no, 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 once you're on the floor, uh, you're, you're already done. Uh, the foot stays in contact while the upper body moves forward. Mm-hmm. See, and then the ankle extension occurs, no. but no more from the hip. No more. The hip from is the, hip. Done. the
0: The hip is done. Once the foot hits the ground. Right, I oh, really
1: See hmm. any you give it time for the upper body to ride over the foot and then ankle extension hmm. and the momentum of the the thigh being driven forward you know helps the whole body move forward. Wow fascinating
0: yeah what you yeah. That, yeah, that's, it's, you know, I have had the opportunity to talk so many, uh, to talk to so many people in, in the kettlebell world, at, at least, where I'm he- hearing different opinions, but now hearing your opinion, and because through Dr. Yuri Verhoshansky's book, I'm realizing that if, if a coach wants to be good at sports-specific training, he must study or understand biomechanics.
1: Great. Hmm.
0: And many don't understand biomechanics, so so then they just understand the exercise, they understand how technique, form, and everything, but the biomechanic aspect is lacking. So therefore, uh, like we mentioned, I don't have the full picture, right?
1: Yeah, and this is a. Uh, it's very common, uh, and I think it's important to understand the full movement, if you want to improve performance. That's fascinating. Yeah, you know, it's hard to... Uh, it's typically very hard to understand the complete movement. And it's all knowledge. And where do you learn this? Well, I think if I can use myself as, as an example, it wasn't until that one day where I said, Oh, now I understand that things became clear. So you could look at a movement and it means nothing to you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, leg goes forward, let's go back, you know yes, you get a good general description, but it still doesn't mean anything. But then you say, okay, how am I going to make it better? Well, what, which of these actions am I going to improve? Now, now you're starting to think, Now no, I don't understand. Which one? Is it this one, this one, this one? Mm-hmm. See, now you need some kind of comprehension. Mm-hmm. See, if I did this, see, see if you had this information, it, it, it limits. Or eliminate the need for guessing. Mm-hmm. Well, should I improve the knee drive? Well, I don't know. Maybe I should do the pullback. Well, maybe. Maybe it's exactly. like See, it's a maybe game. Mm-hmm. But once you know, ah, now I see it. This is that what you must improve. Mm-hmm. This will make the athlete better or faster or stronger. Mm-hmm. It's it's simple, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's simple once you have the knowledge right then, then it becomes there you go, simple. There you yes. go. yes but uh, let me let me just uh, ask another question that's based on what you've shared so you have these athletes who went through this type of training winning championships being better than everybody else and at the same time early in the conversation you've mentioned that this type of training hasn't permeated the field yet right the, that's an interesting dichotomy. Why is that? If I have a training system that seems superior, why is not everybody doing it?
1: It's the understanding. They don't want to take the time to learn uh, in order to improve. They just want to do. And, and, yeah, that, mm, well. yeah it's, a, it's a sad commentary in a way. Yeah. Because you find most coaches are of the uh, ladder, you know, thinking, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Not what can I do, you know, to improve a specific action or, you know, what, what does the athlete need? Hmm. Uh, see, I can give you all of the exercises to make a faster runner. But if he doesn't need them all, By the time he gets done with all three, we're still at base one. We've improved all. uh, So as we improve, you know, each action, we're still at the same level because he only needed one action to be improved. And, And why,
0: and why is that? Why do we only need one specific joint action? And then we have to find out through training. Why is that? Why not all three? Why not make
1: everything better? Well, sure. This is what you do initially. This is what we do in general training. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes specific, only that action that will make a difference. Uh, how do I prove it? We can tell once you do the action, then a good analyst will say, well, it was too slow. Or it might be, Well, it wasn't through the right range of motion, or uh, it was out of sequence, you know, it overlapped with so-and-so when it shouldn't have. See, this is what distinguishes, uh, uh, I don't want to say smart, (laughs) but knowledgeable, the knowledgeable knowledgeable from one who
0: is not analyzing I, I love that so analyzing so take a step back we build up the general strength so we have the general physical performance of the of the athlete got better great now here comes the analyst in analyzing his movement and then the an, the, the 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 analyst now realizes okay we have in this particular action he or she is still weak let's make that better Right, but but that requires some analytical
1: skills. Right, huh. and this is why we don't have very many coaches with disability, because most coaches stop at the general conditioning. Mm-hmm. See, they do the general conditioning. Mm-hmm. Now the athlete supposed to be much better. He isn't, but they think he is. And until. We get to the point or develop more coaches who can see beyond that general conditioning, what specific actions can I improve to make him even better? See, but we haven't gotten to that point yet. Mm. So we, uh, we must understand that you can
0: be good at, at building the general strength of an athlete, but you can be bad at building specific strength of an athlete athlete. So, so then,
1: hmm. Hmm.
0: so the coach has to know okay, I'm good at general strength, and now we got you up with the general strength. Now, move over to this guy or this girl who's responsible for the specific trends because this person is doing a better job than I do.
1: Right,
0: that, that should be it. Hmm.
1: See, if I can interject here, this is where the Russians excel. They had this. Uh, They had the ability uh, to develop coaches who could do the whole thing. Um, Bereshensky was one. Bundachuk was another. Uh, These were all PhDs. And they were capable of not only seeing what the athlete was doing, but how they could improve it. They could take the raw material and make it great. They can improve each action. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> whatever they wanted, but um, yeah, they could improve each action. They knew which actions needed improvement. See, this is probably the most important. They can figure out or can determine what the athlete needed. See, they could look at the Uh, athlete's performance and say, well, now he could be a little better here. Mm -hmm. Or now he could be a little better there. Mm -hmm. This was too slow. This was too fast. Uh, This was too high. This was too low. Anything like this, they were capable of doing it. And then they can make the necessary corrections
0: And and do you think the reason why it hasn't permeated at least maybe in the West the field is maybe it's some political thing that that uh we in the West think well you know it's the Russians uh, and I, I, I sometimes I get this feeling from certain trainers that they dismiss anything that's coming from from uh, the other part of the pond Russia China or whatever have you because it's like hey yeah we Americans did it before or whatever have you do you think that that's a that plays a part
1: yeah oh sure no oh, okay yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. uh yeah big part
1: uh, see the the development of the coach i think is the key and the russians uh, had a great system of developing the athlete and first developing the coaches Mm -hmm. who are then capable of truly developing the athlete. Mm -hmm. But you needed the knowledge. See, and we don't have, uh, let's say in the United States, we don't have a sports school or a coaches college where you develop coaches who are capable of doing this. We congratulate coaches because they have a winning team. And we think because he had a winning team that he's all knowledgeable, that he knows how to improve performance. No, this is not necessarily so. Because you have a great team does not mean you're a great coach, unless you made that team, you you improved the performance of each athlete.
0: It's not the same as a team that has been bought together, so to speak. And then you have a leading figure who just puts them on the field and has them do uh, sprints or whatever have you.
1: Mm. See, like in the United States, you take a look at, let's say, a football team. The team that wins the, uh, let's say, World Series. uh, That wins the championship. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that they are the best Performing athletes, or that the coach knows best, or that they just happen to have uh, the coach has happens to have the best athletes at that time.
0: That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Different factors come into play. Yeah, which, yeah, <laughs> it's it's automatically assumed. It's like, wow, this guy or this coach is the best because his team won but maybe maybe from a different perspective that he just had the best athletes gathered together at that period of time and then next year they went all to different places and then the team was losing again yep
1: and you've seen this happen time and time again mm.
0: fascinating so let's uh, pivot a little bit. And really, I don't want to take too much of your time. It's it's so interesting to listen uh, listen to Dr. Yeses. This is uh, fascinating. Uh, don't, don't worry about my time. Okay, okay, <laughs> great. Um, Dr. Yuri Verkhoshansky, let's pivot a little bit to, to his work. Um, how, how did you get started with uh, Dr. Verkhoshansky and why did you even get started with him?
1: Okay, it was back many years uh, where I was asked, I forgot who asked me or what organization. Hey, we want to take a group of athletes uh, to Russia. Any, any particular coaches uh, that you can put us in contact with? So then I started looking at the literature. Uh, who was doing what? And Veroshansky's name came up as well as uh, other names. So when we went to the Soviet Union, uh, I kind of led this one group, I think it was from Canada. Anyway, we, uh, Veroshansky was one of the professors at the uh, Sports Institute, and he amongst others. So I asked for them to teach us, you know, the coaches, when we went there. So we're going to have a group going over to study with the Russians. And uh, he was one of them. Mm -hmm. But it just, there was no, uh, let's say, uh, predetermined factors. You know, I just looked at who Mm -hmm. was who. Mm -hmm. Okay, He was one of the profs, okay. Mm -hmm. Let's use him. Mm -hmm. And then when we went there, they had regular classrooms set up and Vershansky was one of the teachers, as well as others, but his name stuck <laughs> and most people went back to him, not went back to him, but he was referred to many times and that's how they came to be, but it was more a matter of my selection and then other people grasping it and continuing it. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So you, you checked the literature, you, sh- you saw, okay, who, who are the big names contributing to the literature. And then you got connected and that's when this right. whole thing got started. Okay. And, and he developed the shock method. Can, can you briefly uh, explain the idea of the shock method? Because, like we mentioned in the beginning, we don't really know uh, what plyometrics is. So what is the shock method exactly?
1: Okay, uh, The best way to put it, the shock method, there was another term that I was just trying to think of that meant the same thing. But for an, act, for an action to be explosive, it means it must happen in the shortest amount of time, like an explosion. The mm-hmm. explosion doesn't take place there over five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> explosion, cool. boom, that's it, it's mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. So the same thing with athletic performance, um, the push off in running, how long does it take? Well, <laughs> it occurs in maybe a half a second, less than that. Now, that, that's like a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. How do we duplicate this? Well, Veroshansky came up with the shock method where the athlete would step off, drop down from a height, hit the ground and have to explode back up. So that was instantaneous. And this is what occurred in running. It didn't duplicate what occurred in running. We were just now developing the ability to contract the muscles in the shortest amount of time with the greatest amount of force. Uh, so the shock methods is where the shock comes in. It's what happens when the body is dropping down, hits the ground, it creates a shock to the body, a shock and then back up again. And that's how the shock method came to be.
0: And and you mentioned um, pertaining to running, it doesn't duplicate running exercise but it's still would you would you classify the shock method more as a general strength specific philosophy
1: Uh, specific not general Hmm. see because um, if you're not executing it in the, the shortest amount of time then you're going to be slower but the shorter the amount of time then the faster and more explosive you can be. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and did, did Berkoshansky use kettlebells? If we can pivot a little bit to kettlebells, do you think the video that I sent you, um, that, that you've, replied, uh, um, you've replied to that email that I sent you about this video, um, do you think that kettlebells can somehow uh, replicate the shock method, this idea?
1: It might. Uh, I really don't know this. I don't think anyone, including myself, has ever tried it. Uh, Kettlebells have an interesting uh, aspect to them. They have momentum. When a kettlebell is moving, it has momentum. And typically, we try to eliminate momentum in sports. See, so that's where there's a uh, some antagonism here. But kettlebell training can be an asset. Uh, the key is to try and eliminate, well, I shouldn't say eliminate. It has improvement in functions. See, like <laughs> I'll tell you my first experience with kettlebells okay and I didn't uh, know anything about them and I saw these athletes you know flipping the, the bells around and I said yeah I'd like to try that so he, he flipped me you know the bell and I caught it and boom right down right down to the ground <laughs> yes. see I wasn't expecting all that momentum when it hit me you know I wasn't prepared to handle it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if I even could <laughs> so uh, there was some value to that, but to know how to develop it. Well, we know just, you know, kettlebell training will take care of that, but where it can be used and how it can be used or modified, mm-hmm. See, this is an area that has not been explored. Interesting. But I can see different applications for it. Interesting. Um,
0: because I, I see two things, um, and that I'd really like to get your comment on. Um, Pavel Satsulin um, is one of the guys who brought back kettlebells. He, he created this renaissance in the 2000s in the West with kettlebells. And he developed his uh, training met- uh, methodology that is called heart style. And so he says if we use a kettlebell, let's say like a 32 kg or uh, just a heavy kettlebell, and then we swing it with as much power as possible, as quickly as possible, as reactive as possible, this improves power performance do you see value do, do you agree or do you think um this it depends
1: yeah well you see it'll improve it uh, and here again uh, you mentioned one word that is reactive this means there has to be a catch uh, well I got a, a catch so this is going to be Receiving, and then maybe if we throw after it, that is reactive. So we need an action and reaction. Mm-hmm. So, this could make a big difference in specific movements. So, I see um, it being of great benefit, but the momentum has to be diminished. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're using a let's say a 64-pound bell, Mm -hmm. that has a tremendous amount of uh, (laughs) momentum or or force behind it. And in order to stop it and push it away, requires, I don't think we have the ability uh, to do that. You know, you get that 64-pounder moving, you're going to catch it, and there's going to be movement backward mm-hmm. to absorb some of the force. Mm-hmm. You can't just catch it and reverse it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That would be, um, may, maybe maybe somebody can do it, but that would be an awesome person who could do that. But but don't you think that a a
0: swing in that matter, how you described it, replicates somehow a depth jump from Dr. Yury Vechersansky's shock method?
1: Well, but we don't have the reaction. See, yeah, that part could duplicate it. But once, once you catch it, see, then you're giving, you, you, you can't, you can't catch and release or catch and reverse immediately. Mm. It's just too instrumental. Mm. Mm. So, so you would say there is
0: some application with kettlebells, but not particular to power production. Right. Interesting. And another and question, still, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: there still could be power production, but it doesn't mean it's specific to any, uh, mm. ah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. to any sport. Yeah. 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 See the momentum factor is, is what knocks the kettlebell out. If we oh, could el- eliminate that momentum, uh, but we can't.
0: So you would. Uh, you would place kettlebells rather in the general strength specific camp correct okay okay interesting and why and and that's and that's another question why do you think we have from anecdotal uh, evidence from people who share this online worldwide thousands of people it's anecdotal but it's still some kind of evidence that people say kettlebells have improved my running cycling um deadlift, my bench, What the skill transfer with the kettlebell seems so high. From a biomechanics mis, uh, perspective, do you think, do you see this application or do you think, well, it's just by accident?
1: Uh, neither. I think it's more a misunderstanding. See, if you're using kettlebells to, let's say, improve your strength, this is general strength. In like I mentioned before, there's general and there's specific.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the kettlebell can improve greatly your general strength. And general strength can improve your performance. Okay. But I, I wouldn't. Uh, see, all right, let me back up here. You can't rely on. What many people say because you don't know or you don't have the total picture in mind. When yeah. they say, "Well, I did kettlebell training and improved my cycling," well, what else did you do? See, they don't talk about this, and hmm. it's that something else that maybe is the key to improvement of your cycling. Hmm. We don't know, but the kettlebells by themselves will not improve it. They'll improve your overall strength. And that may or may not improve your performance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. That's, that's so interesting. And, uh, another question pertaining to kettlebells and, and swinging weights or just swinging kettlebells, do you think, okay, let's say we have athlete X coming up to you and says, okay, Dr. Yeses, um, I have two exercises. I do the swing and I do the deadlift. And then can we say, well. Doesn't matter for general strength. You can do the swing or the deadlift. It doesn't matter with hip extension. Just do either of them. You don't have to do both. Do you see a difference? Because with, with kettlebells, we still have this momentum going. We swing weights, ballistics are involved. And do, do ballistics have a different outcome or a different effect on the human body than like a strictly dynamic exercise, like a deadlift, for
1: example? Definitely. But don't ask me exactly what it is, huh. uh, but they are different. Hmm. Uh, it, it's a, it would take a heck, a heck of a lot more study to determine uh, what effect the kettlebell has. We know it's going to be different Mm -hmm. And we know that momentum. See, the momentum factor is really the key that differentiates Mm -hmm. kettlebell training. Mm -hmm. If we can eliminate momentum, then we can do exercises more specific to a sport. And and typically, to improve sports performance, we do one exercise for one key action, one joint action. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in kettlebell training, there's no one specific exercise.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Almost the whole body's involved in, in these exercises.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we can't isolate.
0: Ah, So, oh, and, and that's a great cue. Do you think, uh, in sports specific training, increasing or improving a particular movement or joint function, we have to isolate this. There's isolation going on in, in the exercise as well as in the movement. Right. Huh? Interesting.
1: Because See, what- if we don't isolate, then we can't say that this particular exercise did so and so. We have to isolate to know specifically what the effects are. Hmm.
0: That, so it's it's so fascinating talking to you because that that really it uh, it messes up my thinking to a certain extent, but that's good. <laughs> I like to be challenged because that's that's where I I realize I don't know anything, or or at least I realize that there are two fields and we should not or we must not conflate the two you you know the exercises you're a great coach great but you have to have the analyst the biomechanist with the PhD who understands the movement joint function and everything and then it's it's just two worlds right
1: yeah but then you can also integrate them okay see that's the key and this is where we need more knowledge or more education so we can develop coaches who can integrate these two fields Mm -hmm. rather than considering or thinking of each one as a separate entity so so interesting see we, we can keep the separate entities but we have to blend them together to be applicable to sport okay
0: so if, if i would ask you or if, if somebody would ask the question hey how can i become as explosive as possible i think the answer would be well you can become more explosive with let's say like ballistic exercises in your general strength but if you want to become more explosive in your sports specific exercise to improve your athletic capabilities it's it, it depends we have to find out
1: Well, think of it, and I could be wrong here. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Um, There were three steps. There's general strength training, there's specific strength training, and then there's training that goes between the two, uh, like Harabelle training. I wouldn't call it specific training, I wouldn't call it general. Wow. In, in some respects, I would. But in particular movement patterns, see, so that has specificity. But can you duplicate the same pattern all the time? See, this becomes the key. And typically in, in kettlebell training, uh, you come close to duplicating, but you don't know for sure. Like you can catch and you know, just do swings. Is each swing identical? Probably or not. is one deviating a little mm-hmm. bit a little to the b- side, or
0: probably not, yeah.
1: you know, or a little higher, a little lower. Mm-hmm. See, that's why they're a little different. Um, but the value of one or another, I think that becomes the key, and to know when to apply it, and when to do the exercise. And to me, kettlebell training is good. Initially for the base, and to a limited extent, uh, specificity. But um, then, if, it, if it's, see the trouble is specificity. It's a joint action, and in kettlebell training, we don't have very many joint actions. We have the same joint action. Always the same. Exactly.
0: fasting stuff this is so interesting so um on a final note dr yeses um do you think i sometimes see when i when i watch sports specific training or yeah in that regard when i see on, on tv or on youtube or on social media we sometimes see soccer players basketball players elite basketball players elite folks who are well known very popular and very uh, successful do strange exercises like for example balancing on a bosu ball with weights do you think in in that framework because it's only a small video that we see do you think in that framework the coach was applying a specific exercise to the athlete or do you think this is crap
1: well, let me put a third one in. Uh, it has value, and you do get a little bit of better, better balance. But that's it. Now, that better balance may improve your sports performance, or may not. We don't know. Uh, it's just like saying the ability to execute a cutting action or a ch- quick change of direction. Now, that's seen in many sports, soccer, basketball, mm-hmm. and so on. hmm Uh, But does it make you a better athlete? It could, if you do the cutting action specific to certain movements. But just having the ability to execute it does not mean you're a better athlete. It has to be displayed.
0: And from your experience, do you have, for example, the cutting action, the juking left and right, being quick with with the uh, change of direction? let's say like you have a hundred football players who improved their juking or just their directional changes. They all, don't they all have to do the same exercise? Probably not because each of them has, I say a field in the joint action that needs improvement that differs from the other guy.
1: But it's not gonna be that much of a difference. Uh, You can't deviate too much. When, you go, when you're executing a specific sports action, there's really only one way to do it. And let's say you're on, on the cutting action, when your foot is planted to to execute to stop, mm-hmm. you have to do other things at the same time. You stop, you have to be ch- change your body position, uh, you have to be stepping out at the same time, you got to keep your weight forward. See, there are many things that we can talk about. When it when it comes to execution of this action, um, so who can execute all of these actions better and more quickly, the better he's going to execute the cut. See, so we can all be doing the same thing, but now it's the speed of execution.
0: And and you would not you would not say, listen, just do. Directional changes all the time in your training. Just do it. Just practice it and you will become better
1: No, that's not it. No, but you could You could if you're doing it correctly See that's a big if but this is what most athletes do today In order to become better, it's not because of uh, How smart the coach was or what he was doing it should be but uh, typically, it isn't, hmm. but they do the actions, and by uh, or through enough repetition, they become better. This is how athletes typically uh, improve their performance today. And and Not doesn't group, but in spite of, and and doesn't this
0: saying that okay, this makes the athlete athlete better because the athlete repeats. Becomes better through repetition. Doesn't this then make sports-specific training kind of futile in a sense where you say, well, the guy got better, so, hey, that's it. He just did the movement. That's enough.
1: Ah, but see, he did the movements in the correct manner. He fulfilled all the uh, prerequisites for that movement to improve performance. So he was was in the same range of motion.
0: And he he was lucky. and and he was lucky that he was executing this exercise perfectly by luck and then he create he improved did it thousands of times and that made him great but let's say let's let's say we have somebody else who doesn't do the exercise well that's and and he keeps putting the reps in but it's but since he always fails at a certain uh uh manner that's where the sport specific training steps in and says hey This this is why you're doing the mistake.
1: Sure. See, and he could be doing it. And if if it's not done most effectively, you're not going to see much improvement. These are what you can have people doing, and this is what we see today. Many people do exercises, but they don't become better. But if you do the correct exercise in the correct manner, you will be competitive. Hmm. It's guaranteed then.
0: Uh, uh, it's guaranteed, so it's not if you're doing it right. Yes, you're doing it. But, and, and isn't this just form? Let, let's say like we have the guy who's not doing a perfect uh, uh, cutting uh, uh, action. Then you just have somebody teach him and that's it. Hey, this is why you're doing the mistake. Stop doing this and do it better. No need for any additional exercises.
1: Well, maybe that could be the case, but then he would still have to put in the reps, hmm. and each rep a good rep. Hmm.
0: <laughs> I think, and I think I'm getting the picture. It's it's a it's an it's an if game. It's it's very iffy. And an and, am I right with my with my assumption now? Um, if if we don't have the biomechanist and the analyst at play we just have the coach who, who, who tells the athletes we do uh hill sprints we do jump squats and whatever have you and then you guys are on the field doing your movements okay so this coach is very iffy we do not know if his athletes get better because we don't analyze the movements then you have the second team analyzing the movement with a biomechanist who understands and can read the stuff and says, this is where they're lacking. This is the team that gets better. Because right. it's, it's almost guaranteed. There are no ifs. It's, hey, we exactly know on this velocity, he or she is not explain, uh, displaying enough power. That's where we have to go in and, and do the work. Right. Sound, sounds very tedious, right?
1: <laughs> it might be or it could be very simple and quick.
0: If you have, if you have the knowledge,
1: yeah. (laughs) Keep going back to that one, one criteria. Wow.
0: And final question, Dr. Yeses, is it, is it really the case that many coaches nowadays, at least in the West, do not use these types of exercises because they don't, simply don't have the knowledge. That's right. But I don't know if
1: they know this. They think they have all the knowledge necessary to make the athlete better. So what they're doing, they think is the key to becoming a better athlete. Mm-hmm. See, most, most coaches, uh, because of their limited knowledge, they think, hey, this is it, I'm doing the best uh, that's possible. Yeah. See, we can sit back and look at them and say, no, he's not doing this, he's not doing that, uh, or the movement should be done this way or that way. Uh, this is what we need more of. But most coaches can't handle any criticism. Uh-huh. So See, this is what it would be. They think you're criticizing them okay. as opposed to thinking, hey, they're going to make me better. They can improve my understanding, but
0: so we, they think they
1: already know it all, and that's where we have a problem. Ah,
0: so so it boils down to this lack of of, of, of no, no that's I think this is the human, um, the human trait of having problems with 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 critique or or being offended when somebody criticizes them. A lot of people are like this, so coaches are not exempt from this even in the elite fields where you have the best of the best coming together they they're all know-it-all so so to speak
1: yeah it's uh and this applies to all fields i'm trying to remember even in education i had a prof uh, and i forgot how we were talking about it and he said he said mike he says there's only one thing you gotta remember. If you improve the performance of one student in your class, you've done a great job. (laughs) Wow. See, and that stuck with me. See, you can't improve everybody. Uh, There are too many who are resistant to it or um, don't know or don't care, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you can get through to one athlete, uh, one person you've done a great job
0: you you've done a great job because it's so hard to get through through people yeah. who who have to question that because that's what i i've realized is as well uh i i want to detach my emotions from my my training my 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 or we are, we have specialized in kettlebells we teach kettlebells but i want to emotionally detach myself from kettlebells and say listen any critique to kettlebells is valid, because that helps me understand the tool better.
1: Sure. See every every mode of training, uh, or use of equipment, is of limited value. They have value; they're good for X, but don't try and include Y and Z. They're good for X. Stick with X not Y
0: and Z. Yeah. St- stick to what you know, huh? stay in the lane and say well, that's what they do and they pro- they might do other things as well, I'm not sure. I just know that that's what it does well and that's right. what we stick to. Or at, least, or at least the coach has to be open and say, listen, this is my specificity, I know what it does and you're asking me to improve areas where I'm not a professional in, so The kettlebell might help you but i can't guarantee to it right Hmm. yeah that's fascinating and yeah enlightening dr yeses this is uh and our listeners uh, probably will be enlightened as well um what will be what will be the a great statement that you would add for young trainers and young coaches who are eager to become good in their fields, sports specific or general strength?
1: Combination of both. You, you, you need the general for a base. See, without this base, or let's say, for example, if I didn't do any strength training, I would never be able to become explosive. Of course you need a good base of strength. Then you use that strength and convert it, quote unquote, to speed and explosiveness, mm-hmm. but you need the strength first. So that's why I say you need the general, and then based on the general, you get into the specific. But the general gives you the fuel, fuel and ammunition; it gives you all the ingredients that you need to become explosive.
0: Mm-hmm. And and to and to build the specific traits, right? You need the base right. first. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, but you can't go right into specific without the general. Mm-hmm. You need the general first.
0: And a and a good coach should have a good understanding of exercise methodology and training, and biomechanical analysis. Right. Which is which is a hard thing to pull off. It's it, that's, that's. Yeah, not... mainly
1: because the biomechanics uh, requires. Uh, learning it requires a, a, a different base of understanding see strength training is relatively simple mm-hmm. now <laughs> you got to remember see we talked about strength training but there what did I identify once I did an article on the many faces of strength there are about seven different kinds of strength so which one are you trying to improve is it isometric? Is it uh, a, uh, explosive? Um, is it static? See, we have all these different kinds. So we have to become very specific on what we're trying to improve.
0: And, and if somebody says there's only one type of strength, this person is and, confused. Or, yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about.
1: <laughs> he doesn't have the knowledge.
0: The knowledge, yeah, fascinating. What, uh, <laughs> what, what would be? Uh, since you have, you have a huge book library, Doctor Yeses, So please, uh-huh. please, and I have to ask this. Um, first of all, I want to know which book you would recommend to read from your collection. What that we should read? That you think this was one of my best works, and that's the one that we have to get. But first, there is one book that's called "Sports Is It All BS." What is? <laughs> What, what 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 does this what does this mean in a nutshell
1: well it's I did that as a takeoff there was in a book um is it all bullshit mm-hmm. that was a name it mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it it, it it didn't deal with sports but I said you know it fits in sports also um, where we have so many different opinions so many different uh, understandings we don't have a common base of knowledge exactly mm-hmm. so i said well is it all bs see when are we going to get around to just and instead of everybody trying to improve their prove their point just say that look we have all of this out there. Mm-hmm. Let's understand what it is. Mm-hmm. How can we put it together? Mm-hmm. But we're not looking for this common understanding. Uh, it's like everybody trying to prove his own point. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Exactly. We, we're we we're, we're so hung up on these biases that we have. And I think oh, the, yeah. fir- the first thing that we have to do is recognize that these biases exist. I have them as well. And then make sure that and that's that i i went into this conversation with an open mind because i knew this is going to challenge my thinking because i was taught or at least the way i understand it is like hey listen you do most of the sport specific stuff on the field or on the playground or uh, um wherever have you on the mat and when you go into the weight room you just do the basics deadlift bench press swing whatever and that's not the case no and then we should come together and say, listen, okay, if, if you're not alone with this, uh, with this assertion, so that means, okay, there is something behind this, why not get together and, and get a better understanding? No, in, instead we say, well, pff, it's all BS.
1: <laughs> you got it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Wow. So final, I, I've said this so many times, finally, because uh, I'm, I really have, I have so many questions left. But which book would you recommend that we should read
1: from your collection? It really depends upon your interest. The number, number one, I would say, uh, Build a Better Athlete. That covers kind of all the, whole, all the bases. But then when you want to become more specific, like what's the best, uh, way of strength training initially. See, then I would say, well, then then you should read, um, uh, the one by 20 book, one, one by 20. Yeah. One by 20. That's the strength training regime that I use initially with athletes. You do one set of 20 repetitions and that's it only one set and one set of 20 will give you better gains in strength, uh, endurance, uh, all the other factors that are concomitant or go along with strength training. You'll be better in all of these simply by doing one set of 20 reps in a strength exercise. Now that's for beginners and intermediates. When you get into more advanced, then of course it changes. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Fascinating so build a better athlete will be the first book that we should check out and then second pertaining to strength training one by 20.
1: yeah great great see and then the others become a little bit more you know specific you know to the sport Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: but and what i'm taking away from this conversation now dr yeses is we cannot dismiss um, a, a base of understanding or knowledge. Just because it seems too complex, because we don't understand it.
1: Right. See, and even with the one by twenty, if I can back back up a little bit here, mm-hmm. most coaches will say, "Oh, you're nuts. That's not going to work." Mm-hmm. But hey, have you tried it? See, they don't have. Uh, not the ability, they all have the ability. They don't have enough drive to say, okay, I'm going to try that one by 20 method. I want to see if there's going to be a difference. So, you know, every coach that has done that has come back to me and said, I'm amazed. Why didn't you tell me this before? This program is dynamite. But see, offhand, when you take a look at it, oh, how can I become stronger by doing 20, yeah. 20 reps.
0: Yeah, it's like now ha- you have to do at least three to four reps because that's maximum yeah. strength. Yeah.
1: See, when there's something different, try it. Huh. Now, unless it's, you know ah, com- yeah. completely, uh, you know, off the uh, map. Yeah. But
0: uh,
1: sorry, these, these these are proven. Yeah. So if yeah. something's been around or coaches saying, "Hey, this really works," then give it a try. Don't go in blind. Yeah. Wow. A lot of good stuff out there, but we don't use it. Mm-hmm. Because
0: we're out here trying to prove our points. Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay, uh, Doctor Yeses. I think uh, this concludes the conversation. I'm 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 amazed. This is fascinating, and uh, if you're open to it, we most definitely have to talk about it again sure um, because it's just um I, I i belong to this type of group of people that that really i'm just all about the truth i'm all about learning and if this means that i have to break down some of the biases that i have then
1: pff,
0: we i do it I, i'm i'm still i'm still a huge fan of kettlebells because they provide so much value they're a lot of fun we get a lot of feedback that that they are valuable at least with the type of population that we work with Yet I'm realizing that certain fields are complex by nature and we cannot make it easy to understand for everybody. What we can do is help them to get the knowledge, to understand the complex so that it becomes simple. That's for for them at least.
1: Yeah, and I think that's uh, very smart. And here again, uh, you don't have to be limited. See, and I think this is what you're saying. You're not limited. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sure. Your main emphasis is kettlebell training, which is great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then depending upon the sport that you want to improve, then we have to make modifications. Mm -hmm. Kettlebell training may not be the best Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and learn to recognize it. Mm -hmm. Learn to recognize when it is the best and when it isn't. Mm The same thing with any kind of strength training modality. Like I mentioned, the one by 20 program. Well, is it good for all sports? Well, so far I would say yes, but uh, on a limited basis. We can't use it forever. It's not good for a great athlete or a high-level athlete, but for a beginner, an intermediate, can't beat it. Um, and other types of training, like the depth jump. Mm-hmm. Who is it good for? When should you use it? See, it shouldn't be in everybody's uh, arsenal of uh, exercises. It's only when you reach a certain level where you have the strength and you want to become explosive, now you can introduce it. But to do it before that, it'd be simple. I'd be, uh, uh, I don't want to say it's stupid, but uh, it wouldn't be of any value. Mm-hmm. Might even be injurious. In fact, Many athletes have uh, injured themselves wow. by doing exercises that they weren't prepared for, like even with the uh, uh, plyometrics. When I first came out with it, there were many people that uh, jumped on it, and they came up with exercises. I, I tell you, I, I couldn't believe them doing it. You know, standing on balls and you know trying to jump off balls. <laughs> you never want to do this (laughs) see they blew out knees and and everything else oh boy they were doing it (laughs) and i i think i think
0: that's sometimes not easy to decipher uh, at least from from a beginner's perspective if if you have somebody with a lot of confidence and, and then this person stands in front of you um, and says, hey, jumping off balls is the greatest thing ever because it builds upon the shock method invented by Dr. Yurvel Koshansky and whatever have you. And then with this limited understanding, you can't decipher that this is a stupid exercise and they do exist, right? We have, I, I like what you said there. It's, you don't, if it's different, try it, but if it, that that doesn't mean if it's stupid try it at least it has to be some merit there has to be some merit right. behind it right mm-hmm.
1: yeah. fascinating it's a fascinating field
0: yeah the
1: trouble is we we don't give it the credit that it deserves uh, and we get too limited in our knowledge and use of it yeah
0: i think I think that's, yeah, that ends it on a very interesting and high note, Dr. Yeses, I, I really appreciate your time. It, it's, it, it was a fascinating learning experience. And once the video is done, I'll send you everything and then you can share it uh, wherever you want to share it. And I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time, Dr. You're Yeses. Very You're very welcome. Thank you so much. So here's the next step that you have to do. Like the video, consider subscribing. Share it with a friend who's also interested in kettlebells and then go watch this playlist where you have all the powerful conversations that I have had with the greatest minds in the kettlebell world. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're going to enjoy these other ones as well. So go click on it and watch it right now.